Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. Alright everyone, uh, happy uh, and or week uh, coming up. Uh, just in a few days, we're going to get the release of the new uh, Cassian Andor series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, definitely looking forward to it, and definitely uh, something I've been looking forward to for quite a while. Um, and yeah, wanted to take an opportunity to go back and revisit Rogue One. Uh, now, Cassia, something that you and I have, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about it just ourselves, but not really on the podcast, but something we've wanted to, you know, dive into a little bit you know, we do a lot of talk about the hero's journey, uh, but there's a heroine's journey as well. And it's not something we've really uh, spent a lot of time talking about on the podcast. And I thought that this would be a really good way uh, to kind of look at the heroine's journey um, and how it relates to Jyn Erso's story in Rogue One. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited to talk about uh, the heroine's journey in more depth uh, on the podcast, the main uh, hub on Patreon, like, occasionally, uh, we do, like, a review of Maureen Murdoch's, uh, the heroine's journey, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's good just to talk about it on our, our main pod. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because, um, you know, like I said, we talk a lot about the hero's journey, but there's, there's definitely a different, um, kind of way to, uh, tell that tale. And, you know, that is in the heroine's journey because it, it's very different. And, you know, you say heroine's journey, you think of like, like a female, uh, lead in a story or a a female centric story, but that's not always the case, right? Like you have, um, some characters like Harry Potter goes through more of a heroine's journey. Um, you know, so it, it's not really, um, you know, strictly a, a gender-based thing. It's just more of, kind of the way that your story is playing out right yeah and the main differences between a hero's and heroine's journey um the hero's journey is kind of more represented in our society and culture it's kind of based more on the external goals uh the heroine's journey is kind of like uh, it's about the interior uh, journey, kind of like someone feels like their self-worth isn't fulfilled with uh, some of the external things, so they kind of have to dive into themselves to uh, kind of find that wholeness and everything. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we'll get more into it. Yeah, it seem it seems to me like the the heroine's journey is more that something is um you know kind of kind of thrust upon the character versus the hero's journey where um you know there's there's kind of that call to adventure and you know spurns the spurns the story going forward it it, it feels almost a little bit more um kind of kind of the character is just placed in this situation versus you know making kind of the conscious decision uh to go and do something about it so a little bit different there and um of course you you mentioned her name maureen murdoch was kind of the one who uh presented this idea she was um you know uh someone that studied 
you know, the hero's journey, um, and, you know, kind of came up with, with this, with this heroine's journey that's um, been focused on. And then, um, there's some really great books. Uh, one that I think both you and I have read, um, I know you've read it because you were the one that told me to read it. Um, but that's Maria Tatar's The Heroine with a Thousand and One Faces. Um, and that's that's a really good one because that gives you some more kind of like clear cut illustrations and, you know, modern day like TV shows and movies, um, stuff like that. So you can see how the story arc plays out a little bit more. Yeah. And Maria Tatar, uh, she teaches at Harvard. So while it's still her book is still accessible, it's still... Um, I would say kind of cerebral deep and I would say Gail Carriger is kind of uh, the Chris Vogler to Maria Tatar's uh, Joseph Campbell I would say mm -hmm. um, yep. so Gail Carriger she wrote uh, The Heroine's Journey and uh, it's a little bit shorter and it kind of explains uh, for a more contemporary audience, the difference between the hero's and the heroine's journey uh, using uh, pop culture. So, yeah, some some really good examples of, of books by multiple different women. So, I love reading, and you can always tell us about what you read. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So uh, make sure to go out to your uh, your local bookstore and uh, check, you know, one or a couple of these out if you're interested in uh, stories and storytelling and, um, you know, kind of the kind of the, you know, the difference between the hero and the heroine's journey. But like I said, we are here today to talk about Rogue One. Um, we are uh, getting amped up for Andor to start. Um, but, you know, Rogue One is a story more about uh jenner so you know cassian's gonna have to wait for his show to start and then uh you know maybe maybe once that concludes we'll go back and uh talk about his hero's journey and how how they kind of line up but uh jen was uh, an awesome character um i loved seeing her um in this film uh kind of taking the lead uh of this thing and and really you know kind of putting uh, the whole hope of the rebellion um, on her back as you know she's going through and getting those Death Star plans and I thought it was a really um, interesting way to tell kind of that story that that we knew of but not exactly how it played out so seeing it on screen I thought was pretty cool um, and then going through kind of the steps of the heroine's journey and trying to pick out uh, where I thought um, Jen's story was and kind of alignment you know to the circular narrative uh, was a lot of fun so Cassia did you get a chance to watch Rogue One uh, recently and uh, think about her path here I didn't get to watch it recently <laughs> but I did watch White House Down so mm. I got to partake of real cinema <laughs> so that's right sometimes you have to make choices and sometimes those choices involve watching White House Down uh, but yeah. But but that's okay because um, Rogue One is a story uh, that we you know both really like and it's a you know it's a classic uh, Star Wars story and uh, I'm just myself I'm very excited to get into it so um, yeah. Cassia there are ten steps here to the heroine's journey um, and it's going to go in a circle just like the hero's journey does um, mine does get a a little wonky at the end as we go through here but let's uh, go ahead and start with step one the heroine separates from the feminine. Um, I, I was just going to read kind of this here off of um, Maureen Murdoch's kind of blog. So uh, basically step one, it's the feminine is often a mother or mentor figure uh, or a societally prescribed feminine marginalized or outsider role. So uh, step one, Cassia, do you have any, um, where do you think Jen's story is here in uh, step one? The heroine separates from the feminine. Um, I saw this as uh, Jen's mother dies. 
mm-hmm. and she's separated from her family as a as a young kid and has to you know join the rebellion uh saw's version of the rebellion at a young age mm-hmm yeah, definitely, definitely. I had, uh, you know, the same thing there, the separation, obviously, when uh, with her mother dying, but just the separation from her parents. Um, you see kind of the, the closeness that you have there as uh, Jen's mother is giving her uh, that kyber crystal uh, necklace, and, you know, that's something that she wears throughout the, the whole film as a means to be close to her mother. But, yeah, definitely um, the separation there from, from her mother and, um, you know, really kind of both of the parents, um, which then uh, propels us to step two. Yeah, uh, identification with the masculine and gathering of allies. I feel like there's a whole um, backstory we don't really get to see with Jin, her days with Saw mm-hmm. and his rebellion, but I kind of saw this as like you see her on Wobani and uh, she is broken out of the Imperial prison by uh, K2SO and Cassian Andor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the uh, the same exact things uh, here in my notes. I said potentially, you know, straight away when, uh, you know, that hatch opens up and Sagrera is there to, to take her in. Um, and on a side note, Rebel Rising is a really good um, and pretty easy read if you want to get in a quick uh, book before uh, Andor starts this week. But yeah, I think too it's um, it's when she is rescued uh, from that uh, that prison transport and, you know, is uh, united there with uh, K2 and uh, Cassie. And that's where I saw... Um, her step to the identification of the with the masculine and gathering of allies Um, and then uh, carrying on here uh, step three uh, the road and trials and meeting of ogres and dragons so these are basically just people that are getting in your way Uh, Cassia who who are the ogres and dragons in Jin's story do you think um Krennic he looks great in a cape you know Mm -hmm. Uh, the Imperials I would say um Maybe to an extent, Darth Vader is kind of like the lead dragon that we don't really see uh, until the very end in an iconic hallway scene. Um, (laughs) But what is that creature that threatens uh, the pilot? You know, that kind of came to my mind. The the boar gullet, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this... This movie does kind of have, like, seven protagonists, even though I would say, like, Cassian and Jin are the main ones. But mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you can kind of see some steps of the journey covered in, like, foil characters or supporting mm-hmm. characters. And that's kind of what came to my mind. What about you? Yeah, that's um, that's a really good point. Um, I hadn't even <laughs> actually thought of Krennic. I was thinking of it more in terms of who were people um, within her own kind of inner circle that were, um, you know, playing this role of ogres and dragons and kind of standing in her way. And I'd actually written down uh, K2 and Cassian as, um, you know, being kind of her antagonists in, in this position because uh, <laughs> they're... I don't. They're not fully uh, trusting of her. They don't really uh, want to believe her. They're kind of taking her along on this ride because it's something that they're, you know, kind of kind of told to do. Obviously, K two uh, has to do it because Cassian said so. Um, you know, just, uh, <laughs> just as just as he says. But um, I I kind of thought as them as the uh, ogres and dragons to Jin's story. Ah, uh, that's a good point uh, because I think like on Jin's 
uh, quest for wholeness, she has to go through some things before she's able to kind of bond with the the new people in her life. Uh, she has a hard time letting people in, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I they don't they don't quite feel like that full role where they're trying to 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 destroy her necessarily, but I I felt like they were kind of an obstacle that she that she had to overcome uh, in in her story and her own uh, sort of journey uh, here as we're going through the through the film. So that's that's who that's who I'd picked out as the as the ogres and dragons, um, and that takes us to step number four. Step number four: experiencing the boon of success. Um... I guess they kind of figure out uh, on Jetta what they need to do, um, but they don't experience the boon of success too long because then they kind of see what the Death Star is capable of. Like, what do you think step number four is? Yeah, I think um, that Jen's uh, boon here is, you know, getting that message from her dad, um, Galen, and learning that he designed a flaw in the Death Star, right? Because she had gone kind of her whole... Uh, you know, the majority of her life thinking that, you know, her, her dad was working for the bad guys, you know, didn't have any uh, sort of communication with him in this time and then kind of being uh, back reunited with Saw and then learning, um, you know, that he was doing this basically because he had to and he was trying to protect everyone and built that design flaw into the Death Star. I, I thought that just getting that knowledge was her boon. Yeah. Uh, Stardust. It's a beautiful scene. Uh well acted and speaking of death uh step number five is the heroine awakens to feelings of spiritual aridity slash death i kind of thought this was the uh seeing jetta destroyed when there is no horizon kind of in rogue one what do you see it as yeah that's that's actually a really good one i hadn't uh thought about um that you know witnessing the death from this uh, sort of <laughs> this big super weapon that you know ultimately she's she's just finding out about that her that her dad had done that's that's a really good one actually um <laughs> so uh, good job identifying that one i i went a little bit more literal with mine is then uh when they go to um to find her father and you know, cassian's going to to kill him but when she sees her father die there on kind of that landing strip i that was uh, what i kind of identified as uh, her step number five, the heroine uh, awakening to the spiritual aridity and death. Um, yeah. yeah when, when Galen died there, a little bit more literal, um, a little bit more uh, metaphorical, um, the way you, you kind of saw it. Maybe it's one big step, metaphorical to literal, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, because on on one hand, yeah, you're seeing you're seeing the weapon in action, and you're seeing the death that that can cause. But then you're also, um, you know, on the other hand, you're seeing the death of of the person that is giving you the the opportunity to uh, hopefully destroy this thing that can that can cause so much death. So yeah, so maybe maybe a little bit of a circularness there in that one too. Yeah. Right. Um. All right, so heading on to uh, step number six here. Uh, so this is the initiation and descent to the goddess. Um, so this is uh, basically what that means is that the heroine's facing a crisis um, in, in some sort, um, and basically uh, kind of her, her, her current path down this more um, masculine hero's journey uh, kind of steps have, have failing, or, or have failing? Failing's not a word. Have failed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it it sounds like a good Star Wars name if it hasn't that's, been used already. So. That's right. Copyright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So initiation and descent to the goddess, um, I kind of saw that as Jin has to come face to face with uh, her father. Um, I mean, this is maybe one of my criticisms of Rogue One, even though I think it's my favorite uh, Star Wars spinoff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we have the first female protagonist, and uh, she kind of puts on more of, like, maybe a Han Solo air, you know? And uh, the mom dies. I don't even know the mom's name. That's, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> her name her um, name is Le her name is Lyra. Um, Lyra, you know, uh, rest in peace, Lyra. You know, like that's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just mean like we have so much dad stuff in Star Wars, and I love the cast of Rogue One, but I kind of would have maybe liked it if the if Lyra were still still alive. Like we do mm -hmm. have that iconic necklace but i kind of would have wanted something a bit more substantial from lyra because yeah. i feel i i think in star wars we we got the dad stuff down by now i i, I kind of want to see some new stories being told you know uh mm -hmm. and i don't know what got lost uh in the Gareth Edwards version, going to the Tony Gilroy version, but that's maybe one criticism I have. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Yeah, we have a lot of dad stuff. We don't get a lot of um, mom stuff. Maybe as we get more into this uh, rebel stuff, hopefully uh, Hera um, can kind of correct that ship a little bit, and then uh, yeah, maybe start getting some more of these stories. Because I'm right there with you, um, and that was one of the kind of the interesting things about doing. Um, you know this in the under the lens of like the heroine's journey because right here um kind of as we as we get into to step six um it really almost feels like it it was going through a heroine's journey uh perfectly fine and then it kind of <laughs> it's like hit the it's like pump the brakes because we're going to go into more of a more of a hero's journey so these things started to get a little bit fuzzier for for me yeah. to identify um quite as easily uh but for myself here on step six initiation and descent to the goddess i saw that as her confronting uh cassian uh when they're kind of having the little blow up on the ship there after um, you know, after she'd seen her dad die and, um, she's confronting him about that, you know, he was going to kill him and, and, you know, he's saying, well, you know, that was, those were my orders, but I didn't kill him. So, um, I thought that confrontation with Cassian was her initiation and descent to the goddess. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good point. Um, and then step seven, the heroine urgently yearns to reconnect with the feminine and I guess maybe that's her realizing her, da her dad uh, wasn't working for the Empire. They reconnect uh, tragically as, as he dies and she connects with her Rogue One group, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, Star Wars kind of dips into more of the external hero's journey a bit more, so I would like something in the future to kind of tap more into the heroine's journey yeah definitely um yeah and this um this again like i said it's it's starting to get a little bit fuzzier for me to kind of uh pick these out a little bit um i thought that um her 
uh, urgently uh, yearning to reconnect with the feminine. I thought that that was, um, yeah, you'd, you kind of mentioned when she gets back with the Rogue One crew, but I, I was thinking of it more of when they get back to like the rebel base um, mm-hmm. and she's telling everyone about, um, you know, that her, her father had built in these, uh, you know, this uh, kind of <laughs> this the uh, faulty mechanism uh, within the Death Star, but no one's kind of believing her. No one is um, taking up arms with her. The rebel alliance is very kind of fractured. Um, that's, that's where I saw is kind of her yearning to reconnect. She's trying to get everyone on board this plan that they can go and uh, get these uh, Death Star plans, but no one uh, really seems to be willing to go to go to bat with her, um, at least at first. Yeah. I guess she has to uh, kind of looking th- through step eight, heroin heals the mother-daughter split. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I kind of see five through eight kind of as one giant step that uh, it's like Jen has to come to terms with the fact that her parents were rebels you know, mm-hmm. and like she can't really run away from it. She's a rebel, you know, and I think she makes peace with her life and uh, what's happened so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you bring up a good point that you uh, kind of look at those steps as steps together. And I actually I look at the steps here um, as we're getting into to step eight. I look at steps eight, nine and ten as um, not interchangeable, but at least in this story, they feel like they're kind of interweaving. Like I'm picking up yeah. you know, kind of bits and pieces of eight, nine and ten um, here as we get into kind of the final act of the movie on Scarif. So um, let's talk about step eight here. Um, the heroine heals the mother daughter split. Um, so for me, I, I found a couple of things. And like I said, these these kind of jump around. So these will <laughs> these will be interlaced a little bit. But um, I thought, you know, kind of the, the crew coming together as Rogue One uh, was part of that healing. Um, I thought um, at the end, right before she uploads the plans, you know, telling Krennic that she was, um, you know, Galen and Lyra's daughter, um, you know, who she was. I thought that that was um, a way that she kind of. Uh, healed that split and then um, transmitting the plans um, I thought was probably healing of that split as well Um, kind of you know obviously it's good for the Rebel Alliance to get that stuff but for her personally it was good because um, you know then once those plans got out everyone in the galaxy had to believe her and believe that her father really did uh, you know design this so that it could be destroyed yeah and I guess mother in this in this movie represents parents you know yeah yeah you have to you have to give it a little bit of, of lead way yeah and which, which again you know is is why it would be nice to see some more um mother daughter or you know at, at the very like more mother son uh type of stuff we got a little bit of it with you know with anakin and uh shmi but you know i uh, definitely need more of that and more exploration of that i think yeah for sure um yeah, 8, 9, and 10, they kind of go together. Uh, step 9, the heroine heals the wounded masculine within. Um, I kind of see it as she goes on the final mission and Rogue One goes with her. She inspires the rebels to go to Scarif. She holds her mother's necklace and she knows that her dad died doing what was right. Um, mm-hmm. Step 10, where where do you see that? 
Yeah, so so step 10 is the heroine integrates the masculine and the feminine. And I actually think that it does put a, a pretty good bow on it because I think it's kind of that uh, kind of that penultimate scene there. So you're, you literally have Cassian and uh, Jin, you know, holding each other at the at the very end of the world. So, you know, it's it's bringing kind of those two pieces of this thing together. Um, now, I think, you know, more of the more of the hero's journal, the quote unquote masculine um you know, Cassian Andor's story, I think we're going to get more of that here, obviously, when when uh, his series starts up uh, this coming week. But I, I thought that that was just kind of symbolic of that last step of the heroine's journey. Yeah, I like how you think mythically, uh, metaphorically, because I was like, oh, you know, at the end, like, you have the masculine and feminine, like, holding each other at the end as they, as they mm-hmm. prepare to die you know, and I think it's just beautiful and more, more movies should end with death, you know? Um, yeah. No, just kidding. But <laughs> maybe really, you know, um, because that's what wars are is sacrifice. And mm-hmm. it kind of shows like, maybe this is as close to saving private Ryan that star Wars will get, you know, but I liked it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I think, um, too, if you kind of look um, outside of Jin's story, um, here for you know number 10 of integrating the masculine and feminine, feminine stories, um, you can kind of even look then to the to the very last scene where you have Darth Vader um, going on his epic, epic hallway scene. Um, <laughs> and you have, you know, <laughs> you know, adjacent to that, you have uh, Princess Leia getting the plans for the Death Star. So that's kind of a another parallel of the masculine and feminine uh, sort of roles there, too. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's the uh, embrace at the end of the world is the, the Death Star is uh, raining down terror on the beaches of Scarif. We got a double shot of metaphorical mythic espresso. It's it's espresso. I can say it normally. Espresso. That's right. It is pumpkin spice latte time, and we can get double shots of espresso in there in our uh, Rogue One story for sure. But uh, yeah, that's kind of just the the brief rundown of of kind of the steps of the heroine's journey. Um, and I thought it was a lot of fun going back and kind of watching it and trying to pick out um, kind of the different pieces of Jen's story. But um, Cassie, let's talk a little bit just about Rogue One just in general here as we kind of, you know, start winding this down and getting ready for uh, Andor. Um, you'd mentioned it as, you know, one of your favorite uh, Star Wars uh, stories, you know, especially, you know, outside of the, the main saga there. But um, what are what are some highlights or what things do you like about Rogue One? Um, I love the third act. I love that we get to see some politics. We get to see Mon Mothma tragically still in her white and silver <laughs> tassel dress. But, you know, in Andor, we're going to get to see her in a dress that is not that. So I'm happy about that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I love Rogue One. It kind of just gets a little bit more kind of less binary, like good, evil you know, Star Wars mm-hmm. sometimes does. Um, and the third act is incredible. Um, just seeing it in theater, sharing it with everyone, like everyone was so happy. It was after it was after episode seven before uh, episode eight and just everyone was riding high on all things Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I saw opening night. I think it was spoiled for me that everyone dies, but I'm like, oh, they're not going to kill everyone. And then they did kill everyone. It was like, yeah, but I still 
it's about the journey, not the destination. And I ended up seeing it a couple more times, and one of them was in the motion seats. You know, I saw that with Coden, mm. and Coden oh, okay. did not handle the motion that well, but <laughs> I loved it. So um, that was fun because it's just like you're moving around with it. It's like a ride, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And my favorite characters, I would say, are Jin Cassian, uh, which is maybe where I got Cassia from, you mm. know, mm -hmm. and K2SO. Mm -hmm. uh, Rogue One is K2SO good, you know. <laughs> um, sorry That's for the great. rogue pun, you know. But Wow. Uh, you're, du you're doubling down on it. I love it. Doubling down like espresso. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they do. Um, they do make a really good uh, uh, trio here, Jin, uh, Cassian, and uh, K2SO for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue One is great. It's a really good film, right? It's. I mean, it's a good Star Wars story, but it's also just kind of on top of that. It's a. It's a really good film, um, and a lot of that has to do with the acting because the acting talent in this thing is insane. Uh, anytime is. you get Ben Mendelsohn and uh, Mads Mikkelsen uh, in something together, it's probably going to be an A plus uh, guaranteed amazing time. So, uh, you know, uh, you know that doesn't even you know <laughs> think about like Donnie Yen and um, Riz Ahmed and you know all, all of these. Uh, the actors are, are so you know are so. are so incredible so um yeah that's great it looks great it sounds great um uh the you know the uh the music by um shoot i just lost it why can't i remember his name uh, uh michael giacchino um who does the the score for this it's just brilliant um i recently got it on vinyl so i've been listening to it a couple of times and then um yeah just watching it it just it sounds great and it, it looks great and it's just kind of this big uh, world and a story we you know kind of knew but kind of didn't know and the way they're able to weave new characters in and out of it and um, introduce us to new people and one of those people um, is Cassian Andor uh, played by Diego Luna uh, who is very excellent and so excellent in fact that we are getting a whole series about Cassian Andor um, which is going to be coming out next week um, if you're listening to this when this goes live it's uh debuting on september the 21st 2022 um and it's something that i'm very much looking forward to cassia uh what's uh what's your hype level i guess <laughs> to, my hype to level go is that way <laughs> is high um i'm just excited to see some kind of like spy espionage kind of like james bond kind of flavors in star wars and i'm mm. excited to see the Imperial Senate, like, ah, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. like, so excited <laughs> for that. Uh, Mon Mothma gets to wear other dresses other than her white silver tassel dress. Like, good for her. It only took about 40 years. Um, <laughs> That's right. And then I'm excited for, like, the final episode whenever that happens. I think there will be a few seasons, but... In my mind, it's going to lead into Rogue One, like Rogue One led into Episode 4. And their mm -hmm. final mission will be to liberate Jyn Erso, you know, and we'll get to see Felicity Jones. But that's just me thinking way too far ahead, I guess, uh, far off into the future, like a, like a Skywalker. But uh, what are you excited for? Yeah, so I, this has always been... Um 
either you know my number one or number two um, thing that I was most looking forward to out of that uh, that original kind of Disney Investor Day uh, slate of things that they had because um, Ro- Rogue One is a, is a movie that I like um, of the Star Wars movies is probably the one that I've seen the fewest times I don't seem to go back and revisit it as often as I do the other ones but for some reason um, you know, the story and thinking about um, you know what they could do with it was very intriguing to me from from yeah a standpoint of of the politics of it of like the spy and espionage like aspects of it um you know like you said more of like a james bond uh kind of a thing and just a a different feeling story uh, than we've gotten uh before i think is is really great i'm excited to see where they go with it i'm excited to see um you know mom mothma at cocktail parties i'm excited to see uh diego luna like figuring out what the rebel alliance uh, really is i i'm just i'm very excited for it and can't wait for it to start and i think it's going to be great and i'm definitely looking forward to it and i think something that would be fun cassia is after after the series wraps or maybe after the season wraps or or something like that we get a really good line from cassian in rogue one where he says that he's been in this fight since he was six years old now jen doesn't throw it back in his face because i was looking and jen got uh uh, her parents uh her mom got killed and her dad got taken and she went with saw when she was eight so she's been in in this uh in this fight for a long time too um she didn't throw it back in his face but i think it would be fun to kind of go back and see how these uh circles kind of uh mirror each other and reflect on each other and maybe do like a little uh uh cassian andor rogue one uh ring theory uh kind of thing yeah, that that would be fun. And in a way, I've been in this fight since I was six years old because I've, <laughs> I've been a Star Wars fan that long. So, yeah. Uh, love Star Wars. Love Andor. Excited for it. We need more heroines journeys, you know. Uh, any closing thoughts? No, just uh, I will I will echo that. We do need more heroines journeys, and looking at Jen's heroines journey uh, was a good time. So let us know, um, you know, if you're excited about Andor, what you think about Jen's story, um, what you think about Rogue One, because a lot of people just got to go back to the theater and see it. It released it a bunch, not any by me, unfortunately, so um, I didn't get to, but I got to watch it at home and think about all these characters again, which was a good time. So I uh, hope everyone enjoys the premiere of Andor next week. Uh, let us know how you like it. Um, And thanks for joining us on this uh, heroine's journey today. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you. P.S. Rogue One is way better than Redacted. Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>